0: I've obsessively researched EMFs, 5G, and the health impacts these things can have on our health for a long time. And that's why I'm so excited to finally welcome a guest expert onto the podcast to talk about what the research really shows. If you're a truth seeker like me, you will love this episode. Welcome to The Cyclical Podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Wilder, and I'm a naturopathic doctor and the leading expert in women's cyclical health and menstruation. Let's get started. Welcome back beautiful friends to the Cyclical Podcast. I'm so excited you're here and I already know that you're a special human being for clicking this episode because it means that you are seeking truth. The conversation that I had with my guest today is nothing short of extraordinary. It was just fantastic to get to speak to someone that is so brilliant and so well-versed in the realm of EMFs, 5G, Um, with his experience as an engineer and working for many of the big telecommunication companies over the years in this episode he talks about emfs 5g and what we can actually do to limit exposure to these things as well as the true genuine health concerns that we should be aware of my guest on the podcast today is Daniel DeBon. He is an internationally recognized expert in EMF radiation, EMF shielding, and EMF related health issues, with a special focus on the effect of exposure from mobile devices like laptops, tablets, and cell phones. His concern regarding the health impact of EMF emissions grew from over 30 years of engineering experience in the telecommunication industry, where he held a variety of executive positions for a number of big companies like SAIC, Telcordia, AT&T, and Bell Labs. He's also the co-founder and CEO of Defender Shield, a company known as the trusted worldwide expert in EMF radiation education and protection. When I say that this episode is about to blow your mind, I, I really mean that. I could have talked to him for hours, and I think you're going to love this episode as well. Of course, when you're done listening, be sure to tag both of us on Instagram, at menstruationqueen and at defendershield, and let us know what you think. Okay, let's dive in. Hi, Dan. It's a huge honor to have you here on the podcast. How are you doing?
1: Very good. Thank you, Krishanda. Thank you so much for inviting me today.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny because this is such a women's centered podcast. You're the second man ever to be a guest. So you should feel very special.
1: I'll try to represent the malehood (laughs) as best I can.
0: It's a pretty, pretty big thing to hold, but I think you can do it. I'll try. Yeah. Well, what a powerful subject we're going to dive into today. You know, there are I think you could walk outside pretty much anywhere and look around and feel like you're surrounded by cell phone towers and cell phones and devices. And it's hard to not get into, you know, a bit of a paranoia about it. Um, You have a huge background as an engineer, but what intrigued you to learn more about EMFs and specifically to start to raise questions about the safety of them?
1: Uh, Interesting, uh, wonderful question. As you may know, for over 30 some years, I was in telecommunications, and I was writing the standards for telecommunications. Mm -hmm. I was actually testing technologies in telecommunications. So I had a fairly vast background in the technologies that are around us all day today. Mm -hmm. About 10, 12 years ago, uh, my sons, um, both adult men, were using their laptops on their lap. And um, my wife, uh, who's a social worker, said, that can't be good for you. I want grandchildren <laughs> and you're disrupting your, your the ability to generate children for me. That, that was literally what she said. Uh-huh. Uh, had no background whatsoever in uh, ele- the electrical engineering field, but had this intuition the technology that they were using could be potentially dangerous, mm-hmm. and so of course my first response was, "There's no way the power levels of anything being emitted off a laptop can in any way bother the male, or for that matter, the female." And so that was my starting point. I I, I really didn't think there was any real dangers to to uh, the technology we had around you, and I was quite familiar with it. Mm-hmm. But then I said, well, let me let me take a quick look. Uh, in Bell Labs, I, I did research work. So I sort of, let me go look into the medical study work that's been going on around these kinds of subjects. And Chrysanthemum, I was stunned. It, it turned out that after about three to four hours of a, a laptop on a, a male's uh, lap uh, reduces the mobility of the... Uh, sperm by more than 25% Wow, and I said, holy mackerel uh, that I, I just was not aware of that Here I was in the industry for so many years that I just wasn't aware of that And then I looked even further and I found a study out of Italy uh, Quite a number of years ago and it said that with heavy exposures a female can uh, experience tumors mm-hmm. of which a small percent becomes cancerous and i said well how come none of us know this um and so i actually i created a a shield for my sons to to put their laptop on their lap because not only did I their luck engineer i was a mechanical engineer as well and so we created this device to protect the the, the signal from going into my uh towards the, the groin of my sons Mm -hmm. so that's how I actually got started I had no intention of playing in this business but I had a lot of experience in the space and I needed to learn a lot about the impact to the body and and that's how I started
0: wow I appreciate your honesty though that even though you were you know formally trained and you were in this field nobody talked about the health side effects
1: no not at all there was no, in fact, I ha- didn't have an MD sitting next to me when I did my work. I had another electrical engineer or a lo- another mechanical engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were all engineers. Um, and the fathers from our, in fact, what was interesting, uh, I worried more about how one electronic piece of equipment interferes with another electronic theory <laughs> piece wow. of a question. never electronics interfering with a person
0: <laughs> yeah yeah we really separate it you know in education and stuff they really act like it doesn't all play together which is crazy when we think about it now
1: oh no question about it which and that's actually sort of a little bit of the frustration as i learned more and more um, and we my son and i wrote a book radiation nation and it was out of frustration to some extent because what I found was the electrical world, the telecommunications world and other industries, don't very much communicate with the scientific world. And um, the scientific world knew that there was correlation to direct um, impact from electronics around the, to the body and, and none of us on the engineering side knew and vice versa. So there was this clear case of silos being industrial silos existing. And yet the end user was the one who had potentially the most danger to the technologies being deployed and they didn't know
0: it. Wow. Fascinating. Just wow. Well, so for all the people that are listening that are already skeptical that think, well, but how much radiation can really come off a phone or a a laptop, you know, like there's levels to this. Can you address that? How disruptive can these devices be?
1: Yeah, let's talk a little bit about it. Let me explain a tiny bit the sources just to refresh everyone's Mm -hmm. memory. You you have a cell phone in your hand and there's a connection from an antenna on your cell phone to a cell site far away. It it can be up to four or five miles. Um, And so there's enough energy being created by the technology to go all that distance. It turns out also, by the way, you have a Bluetooth transmitter in your cell phone. So now there's at least two transmitters mm-hmm. that are generated signals out of you. And then of course, if you have Wi-Fi that you use, your Wi-Fi transmitter is being transmitting data to your Wi-Fi and all three of these transmitters are generating signals to a far end somewhere. That's true for laptops, tablets, not just cell phones. So, all of a sudden, we have these technologies that are around our body. Ten years ago, when I had a cell phone, when I had, fifteen years ago, when I had a cell phone, uh, which, which was brick brick uh, that I carried around <laughs> my car, um, I didn't use it very much because I had no friends that had phones like this because they couldn't afford it, mm-hmm. and, and so. All these technologies 15 years ago, they, they were transmitting and they were in, um, they're becoming a toxin within our environment, but, uh, but it wasn't much of it. Fast forward to today, we have everything around us and it is these technologies and they're all transmitting. And we have six-year-old six children using cell phones and talking to grandma for an hour at a time. So all of a sudden, the use of these technologies accelerated really, really quickly over the last several years, and we really don't know much about what this did to the human body, Um, although um, there's a history of uh, uh, evaluation of these technologies in the medical community for 50, 75 years. It's just that we never knew about it. So now let me answer answer you the question you just asked. A cell phone, 1.6 watts is the power level. It's just, remember, 1.6. And um, that signal was developed for a standard male, that's six foot on the average, And it allows the signal to go into a male's head one to two inches and allowed to heat up that area by up to two degrees. Um, That that represents about 3% of the marketplace, by the way. It was Mm a standard that was created 30 some odd years ago based on military men and it represents three percent of the population using phones today it was at that time for casual use there's no such thing as casual use with cell phones today mm-hmm. There, you all are using it uh, for hours at a time and so that 1.6 watts of power the energy that gets five miles out into the air um, goes into the head of a male by Two one to two inches well it goes through a child's head completely
0: mm, geez.
1: completely and as you heard uh, um, it was a thermal impact that the standard reflected not a biological impact in other words it interfered with the skull because it heated it up by two degrees and then um If it had a biological impact, certainly the standards didn't reflect that in any way based on that power level, because at that time the standards weren't understood to create biological impacts. Well, um, it takes about, a a, a Bluetooth signal is is about three watts. It's like five times plus the power level. Mm. Of a, of, a, of a cell phone, uh, transmitter, and a Bluetooth signal in the frontal lobe can mutate a cell. Actually, it turns out, dot one watts, 15 times less the power level of a cell phone, can mutate and DNA damage the frontal lobe cell. So, um, how much does it take? Not very much. Hmm. And for some of us, um, it, it goes far beyond the biological impact to the cell and, and creates havoc for the body trying to deal with an environment that's today has a bunch of these signals all around us every day for long periods of time, day in, day out. And believe it or not, uh, the environment that's created today is is bothering women more than men yeah you know you know like um um, multiple chemical sensitivity have you uh, have you heard of that Uh, Uh
0: uh-huh
1: well it it turns out that there's equivalent to that with electromagnetic radiation it's called um, electromagnetic uh, electro electromagnetic um, uh, hypersensitivity ehs of of the population, that's there's about 20% of us that are actually impacted by these
0: uh,
1: environmental changes, these toxins in our air, and of that, 80% of women. Wow. And, and and no one knows why, but it seems like women, whether it be hormone based or uh, brain differences, the science doesn't really know. Um, why um, w- women more so than men, but it's clearly evident by the study work over the years that women are impacted more than men. You may get a headache. Mm-hmm. You may have foggy thinking, uh, you know, you may be tired. Now, there are a lot of things that can be um, implement- or initiated by these exposures and you don't even correlate them to the router sitting next to your bedroom
0: bed yeah
1: and and you got to be aware of that
0: i feel so many mixed emotions right now from anger to rage to just like why is this not mainstream and why is everyone dismissing what the science does show you know
1: you know let's talk about that a little bit first of all industries are like this all over the place right yeah. if you look at the pharmaceutical industry um, you know uh, um you can be dying from taking a pill but they'll tell you how good you feel um <laughs> you know that, that's been going on for years and years and years they they have more money the then carter has pills yeah
0: um
1: and, and it turns out and this is a trillion dollar industry and so they have a le- very large leverage in the Uh, standards bodies um, in the U.S. as well as the world, by the way. And so there is this um, momentum in the industries that position information the way they would like you to see it. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting about that is that there is certainly significant studies, uh, scientifically based studies, well-documented, well-peer-reviewed that show direct links to impacting the body. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, um, Ollie, Dr. Oli Johansson out of Sweden, he talks about the immune systems being impacted. He talks about the blood-brain barrier being suppressed and that the immune system itself is being suppressed when you have a cell phone to your head. Yeah. Why, why doesn't all of us know that? That's because the industry argues that Dr. Ali Johansson's study is not statistically significant. In other words, <laughs> Gosh. It, 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 not enough people were tested to substantiate the claim.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and that's oftentimes the case. There are thousands and thousands of studies on this subject matter, peer-reviewed, that show clear evidence of, of many conditions, including uh, uh, immune system suppression. Um, yet, um, none of us really know about that. Um, and that's because they have more money than we do, um, yes. the, the medical community. have. Yeah. Um, ironically, a couple of years ago, uh, the uh, National Toxicology Program, which is a division of the federal government, uh, they did a statistically significant epidemiology study. And what they did is they took this very, very large population of uh, exposed, and a very large population of unexposed. And um, the results after several years of study was that there was clear evidence of frontal lobe increased tumor and heart tumor believe it or not none of us really saw the heart but it's soft tissue so um, soft tissue is the most vulnerable you know the, the, our, our groin area both male and female our heart our our brains th- th- those are this really soft tissue of our body and it was impacted so there's statistically significant study work but it's epidemiology
0: mm-hmm. it's not
1: human so mm-hmm. they'll argue it's not human ironically the cell over there the epidemiology cell that they studied was ninety nine percent of a human cell, but mm. so there's those arguments that happen.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, and the the war goes on.
0: Yeah, I like that you pointed out. It's really that matter of following the money. Like, yeah, yeah, they have so much money that they can sway what we right. see on the news. Like, it's it's yeah, ignorant to think otherwise, really.
1: Yeah, it's really true that there's a lot of factions in our environment, in our society, and and some are more influential than others. Um, and it's so hard, oftentimes, to try to understand the facts. Yeah, because this stuff's fairly complicated.
0: Right. That's the whole other thing. Yeah. I mean, that's why you're here. <laughs> so well, you I mean, can make it easy for us, but <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. that's what I try to do. I try to put it down in terms that we all can understand it. Yeah, um, because um, because we don't have the FCC sitting educating us on the subject. Ironically, in the in that industry, like the pharmaceutical, most of the management of those government organizations are previously telecommunications experts or physicians who worked in the pharmaceutical space. They're all educated in the industry they're trying to protect you from.
0: Yep. (laughs) Oh, what a system we have.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's what it is. Yeah,
0: it is. Well, I want to go back to the piece you were saying about how women's bodies are more susceptible to EMF exposure. I mean, you shared a powerful thing that a male's sperm mobility can be impacted by 25% within a short amount of time. What do we know about fertility for women in EMFs?
1: Okay, so when, I, when my son and I wrote um, Radiation Nation, um, I, I had a, an individual, uh, essentially an associate that I knew, Dr. Prasad. Now, Dr. Prasad is probably the most educated, well, uh, well-respected individual in the radiology space. Uh, including also a biochemist. And when in the book, I said that when you have a young child, 12 years old, putting a cell phone in their back pocket, it potentially can influence the, the DNA of the egg within that young lady. And I said that because of that proximity to the transmitter and the power levels, there is potentially conditions that create uh, subtending generations Im- impacted by those kinds of things at a DNA level. Well, he argued that it was full of nonsense and that it was probably not true that was the case. And a couple of years later, he g- gives me a call and he said, Dan, I just had a, a young woman that um, was had technology roll around and she had... Um, a uh, still childbirth and the child had really seriously unique mutated cells and we couldn't figure out why. And then I remembered what you said. And so we know some in the scientific community believes that those proximity of a cell phone to the womb of a child or anybody for that matter can be dangerous to the cells. Um, if. There was a study out in um, San Francisco a couple years ago where they uh, gave um, meters, RF meters, radio frequency meters, to a bunch of women that were in their first trimester. And um, what they did is they tracked the levels of exposure for the women uh, during their first trimester trial. And what they found as a result of the study was that if the woman was exposed heavily to electromagnetic radiation environments, they were three times more likely to have a miscarriage in the first trimester. So it is really true that there is clear evidence in medical community space that there can be influence to the woman of a pregnant woman and uh, and as you may know, there's also linkages of uh, 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 the potential impact to a, a growing child within the womb. Um, some of the arguments about ADHD, uh, uh, autism, some argue that's the source of that is that there were exposures early on in our life cycle. So mm. um, just be careful not to put yourself on your back pocket
0: yes or your bra or wherever people <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah. them
1: you know the bra thing it was so funny you know there was this argument it's not an argument the women who put their cell phone on their breasts were found to have mutated cells and actually cancerous cells in some cases
0: mm-hmm. directly
1: where the phone was right it it, it wasn't it wasn't scientific um evolutionary messaging that we we missed it was clear and simple you put yourself on on your breast it potentially gets cancerous
0: mm-hmm. yeah i mean it makes sense when you say it but then you walk outside and you see people with bras sticking out of, know. Or, you know with phones sticking out of their chest right. you're it's like what crazy. are you doing yeah. you can't do that no. Uh, no you
1: just can't do that kind of stuff in and, and fact in general um that's the right message right just be careful where you put your technology Mm-hmm. Um, being aware of where you put your technology keeps you safe, and there's very simple, simple ways of preventing these kinds of things. You know, like for example, I, I mentioned if if you have a cell phone to your head, it, it penetrates one to two inches into the head and heats up by one degree. By the way, one degree, one two degrees, it's heating up because it's a microwave signal, an RF signal, a cell phone connection it has a frequency rate of, uh, of about one gigahertz. Mm. It, that's the speed, the, the speed of the signal traveling in a waveform. And um, a, 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 a microwave oven works at 2.3 gigahertz, um, just a little bit faster. Mm. And, um, and what happens with a microwave is the water between the cells of the meat you're cooking Heats up the cells and they begin oscillating. And it oscillates and oscillates and starts heating up, heating up, and heating up. And within within minutes, you're, you have your cooked meat. Well, guess what? Um, <laughs> a a, a Wi Fi signal is 2.4 it gigahertz. It's literally the uh, almost identical frequency rate, but le- much less power. But because it's so close to your head, there's that potential for heating it up, like the thermal impact. Standard says it will do, and it's a microwave oven, but in a really tiny form with low power to your head.
0: That is horrifying. Oh my it god, is. I'm it's just horrible. reeling. But,
1: but you, but you know what? You have to, if to if that's directly to your head, if if you move that uh, a cell phone, um, let's what is it, um, one foot away, let's say, right? Eighty percent of the danger of that signal is gone.
0: Mm-hmm. by
1: four foot 98% is fine so yeah. it's like s- simple doctor doctor you know i um, my head's heating up well don't put the cell phone to your head right simple things
0: um yeah I'm excited in a little bit here when we talk about solutions I had a feeling that would be one of them like just put it on speakerphone yeah like don't sm- right. li- I can literally <laughs> say don't microwave right. your head
1: uh, it, it turns out that this is like a station break. Managing your telecommunications or your technologies around you can easily keep you very, very safe if you do a good job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As simple as that.
0: Well, so on that note, then a big question I've been wanting to ask you, because we talk about cell phones, you know, laptops even. What about things like Wi-Fi routers, and then actual cell phone towers, you know, those are at least a cell phone tower. Some people maybe literally move away from them, but they're everywhere. So what about those things?
1: Um, If you're within a thousand foot of a cell cell tower, you're three times more likely to have cancer. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: There's multiple studies that have come to that conclusion. So... um, if you're really, really close to a transmitting cell phone tower, um, you should move, um, particularly if you have kids, uh, because statistics tell us that um, you are you are at risk. Um, so um, y- you really want to be cautious when you decide where you live, that you've looked and you've seen where the transmitters are.
0: Hmm. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't believe, I mean, where I live, people are moving here in hordes. So there are new condos and townhouses and apartments everywhere. And more and more, I'm noticing they are building cell phone towers right next to them at the same level of like the upper apartments. And to my understanding, that's the most dangerous to be in the same, I don't even know the right word, but, you know, on the same like plane. Is that true?
1: You know, Actually, you actually introduce something different into our conversation. Um, anything being deployed these days are what is called 5G, mm-hmm. small cell sites. Um, and I'm not sure you want to get to this too much detail, but um, when you have a cell tower uh, f- far away from you and it's really high up in the air, they're transmitting at 60 watts. Um, and, and so part of the reason why within a 1,000 foot there may be some dangers to you is because the power levels are higher.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and, and so when, when you have these new condos being built, they, they, the service provider can bring in significant, highly expensive telecommunications that distributes uh, cell phone service um, or, excuse me, wired service into the building. Or they can use a wireless service. And if they're really small and they're close to the building and they're low, below 20 feet, they, they may, may be um, smaller versions of the self-towers that you see far away, but lower power levels, maybe 20 watts. So in and of itself, that's more of an increased power level, very, very close to you that you don't typically have. If it's a 5G cell tower, uh, what they call small cell site, they can be up to 40 to 60 watts. Hmm. And they have very, very targeted service. Most of them are not 5G yet. um, And people start panicking that it's 5G. But they're not really 5G yet. They're more the traditional technologies Hmm. of communication. So... You're, you're more safe in that sense. It, uh, um, but, uh, but um, if they go to the 5G technologies, then you may be a little bit more at
0: risk. Interesting. So if they're putting up towers that look like the 5G ones, where they're just kind of like a black, it almost looks like a speaker on top of a pole. Are those right. for sure 5G or are those just No, like- probably, probably okay. not. Okay. You know,
1: all the, when, when, you know, if you listen to uh, service providers, uh, ads these days, they're the best 5G. Yeah. Um, they are six, typically 600 um, megahertz, which is below the current cell phone at one mega uh, or one gigahertz. So uh, believe it or not, it's the AM radio space that it used to be now being used. I don't know what they call it, the 5G, but it's been around for many, 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 many years. It's now being used for commercial telecom service. Um, And so it's not introducing anything that hasn't been already introduced into our environment. And if you think it could be potentially concerning, it's no more than the other stuff that's been around for the last 15, 20 years.
0: Hmm, That's interesting. Okay. Um, What you said about if you live within a thousand feet of a cell phone tower, it would be ideal to move is really sitting with me. I feel like I'm just surrounded by them where I live. And I probably anyone that lives in a city feels the same way. And it's scary.
1: Yeah, I actually coach people uh, to worry about the things you can do something about.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and, um, And these towers are typically you know, relatively safe space. Um, it it, it you, you, There's probably more danger of the Wi-Fi coming from your neighbor than it is a cell tower. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um,
1: so, so you don't panic about this kind of stuff. <laughs> you just make sure, like, for example, with your router in your, in your house, in your apartment, you, you don't want that router in your bedroom. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk a little bit about that later, I hope. Uh, The sanctuary of a bedroom. You do not want any of these transmitters in your bedroom because it impacts sleeping habits, uh, your melatonin creation. There's a whole bunch of stuff that impacted and disrupted from a from a a transmitter like Wi-Fi. So, rather than have it in your bedroom, put it at the farthest place within your apartment, within your house, in your garage as far away from your living space as possible. And then at night, get a $10 timer that turns the power on and off to that device. And so when you're sleeping at night, you've made sure your immediate environment is clean. Mm -hmm. Simple things like that can actually reduce and improve your environment and long-term survival of that environment.
0: That's a great tip. I was just going to ask what other Wi-Fi things, but I think that's the best. What you said is just as far as far away as possible, not yep. in your bedroom. Turn it off at night. Um, you know, sadly though, I think a lot of people where they have their home office, they put the Wi-Fi router just right under their desk, so they sit it's next nuts. to it all day. It's nuts. Yeah,
1: you don't want that within room within ten foot of you at yeah. all. You want to make sure you keep it away. And 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 again, certainly not in the evening where the kids are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, or in your bedroom let's talk about the sanctuary of the bedroom please um um you're when, when you when you have a laptop a tablet and and you're asleep uh, in bed and you're reading the news or watching uh, a, a tv show off your in netflix um there is a visible electromagnetic radiation being transmitted off of that m- monitor. Um, and most of it is perfectly fine. But when you get up to the really, really fast light called blue light, it is becoming potentially dangerous to you um, because your natural um, circadian rhythm is being disrupted. mm mm-hmm. Um, It turns out that there's a little switch in the back of your eye that goes on and off with light and when dark. It's been around for since mankind. When you go outside, you don't feel sleepy because your light is uh, getting to the cryptochrome protein and keeping the switch off. Um, and then, when you go to bed at night and, and it's dark in the room, the switch turns on. It literally turns on the melatonin. Mm-hmm. And so, the melatonin functions that are occurring are, are being uh, cre- creating the, the increase in the melatonin levels so you can sleep. Well, when you have a monitor you're reading uh, and it's not allowing the switch to turn on. And so when you decide, I'm going to go to sleep now, the switch turns off once you turn it off. But as you know, it takes a while for it to build up in your body
0: mm-hmm.
1: and to build a melatonin level up where you sleep. So all of a sudden, now you have a disrupted sleeping pattern, which actually becomes more of a problem because maybe it's disrupted sufficiently enough where your mitochondria is not being repaired the way it should be. Yet, you, you, all of the things that happen at night to recover from the day aren't quite recovering the way they should be because there was a disruption on the sleep pattern going mm-hmm. to sleep. So you got to watch where that techni- technology is taking you and make sure you don't have tablets and laptops. Uh, and I mentioned that RF interfer- interferes with uh, brain. your Your brain can be influenced by the RF signal from a cell phone, where to some people, and this is uh, of electric hypersensitive levels, th- th- they may have a pattern where the brainwave is a sleep pattern and they're walking around during the day uh, uh, and it's a, a, um, a weight pattern. Uh, Delta versus um, the, the various conditions that can be in the waves, or vice versa, it starts disrupting those kinds of uh, brain uh, patterns. And so, you want in a sanctuary or bedroom all of these technologies as far away as you can get. You do not want your cell phone on your um, on your uh, night nightstand. You you don't want your husband's phone on his nightstand you yeah. want to take them completely out and you know funny uh i was on a podcast with a um really bright lady and i was telling her, you do the your your sleep is disrupted when when you have these kinds of technologies around you and she was very nice on the on the podcast and um, and very receptive and then she called me back two weeks later and she said i didn't believe a word you said and my husband and I took our cell phones out and we tried what you said, and we're sleeping all night now as a result
0: of that. <laughs> wow. You know,
1: it's a simple signal as low powered as it is can disrupt your your sleeping patterns. Yeah. Um, there are already enough um, environmental uh, um, uh, impacts to the body. This just adds to it. it it's literally a, a toxin in our environment as is um i don't know arsenic and mm-hmm. in, in fact the world health organization considers it a to be carcinogenic
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, arsen, uh, carcinogenic uh, arsenic is carcinogenic gases vapors from gases are, are carcinogenic uh, the salt, uh, transmitters from uh, technologies around us are con- considered to be carcinogenic as well
0: yeah. Those are the things people don't read when, you know, you buy your phone, they do have that little insert and it does yeah. say that.
1: Yeah, it yeah. really is true. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it was called a 2B carcinogenic at the time. The research was because there wasn't sufficient statistical evidence. Mm-hmm. And now the who, the individuals that categorized the 2B carcinogenic, as a 2B carcinogenic, have stated clearly that, if they had the National Toxicity Program study, or for that matter, the Ramasani Institute study in Italy, which is another epidemiology study that found the same data as NTP, um, they would have thought of as a uh, as a category one carcinogenic. In other words, direct direct uh, a direct link to cause uh, to cancer.
0: Wow, it's just wild, and it's funny. You know, you talked about blue light and melatonin. When I do hormone la- lab testing with people, usually their melatonin is extremely low. So this is yes. one thing we talk about. And then mitochondrial dysfunction is a problem everybody seems to be having. So I don't know, Dan, do you want my job?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, actually let's talk about the mitochondrial stuff. Please, okay. Um, um, it, it turns out that um, I, I haven't spoke about this, but um, when you and I were in the woods and we saw a bear in the woods, we decided to run. Um, we could have decided to fight, but we didn't think that was smart. In other words, isn't a, a voluntary, involuntary almost response to our environment? And we all know about the uh, fight or flight. Um, Well, it turns out that uh, recent research shows uh, that the cell does the same thing. So when there's a toxin in our environment, uh, a chemical, um, a biological, um, uh, a physical uh, or electromagnetic radiation, um, there's a cell danger response that occurs. Um, As a direct uh, sort of response, to a cell danger response, so the body adjusts itself under that uh, that attack essentially. And one of the things it screws around with is the mitochondrial function. Um, it, it takes the mitochondrial that cl- clusters and it separates it. Uh, Dr. Navio calls it um, meatballing. And so at night when you're trying to repair. It doesn't repair very well because it was screwed around with during the day because of that exposure. So you really do want to make sure your environments are clean as possible because not only is it the cells responding in your body, but it's also disrupting other functions that are should be repairing and not in the sleep cycles.
0: Yes, yes. It's like the new thing everyone's talking about because we're, we're finding, like you've said, it's on a, a cellular level that this damage yes. is happening.
1: Yes, it's really true. And there's a lot of research Dr. Navio is doing on this kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, um, you, you have a headache and the doctor says, take this aspirin. Well, the headache, no, I'll give you another example. Um uh, You have um, a person has dry eye, Um, and um, where's the source of the dry eye? Well, it turns out there could be many sources, one of which could be you're looking at a monitor all day, and you have a blue component of the signal, which is known through research and study work to create dry eye. Mm as well as premature macular degeneration. So there's very real things that happen um, at the cellular level um, that impacts the way the body seems to appear. It seems to be dry eye, but it's not dry eye because it doesn't have tears. It's not creating dry, it's dry eye because it's being modified at the cellular level not to do what it should be doing.
0: hmm Yep. So fascinating. No, mm. oh, yeah,
1: it's, 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 we're just learning about all this stuff. Uh, I, I really don't, I don't think uh, because this stuff's been around us for a so short period of time in our evolution, that's we're only really beginning to know what the impacts are to, um, to our, to our, to our bodies with these kinds of exposures, but yes. there is a challenge going on in the industries where uh, there are some factions taking the FCC to court about these very subjects, uh, and mm. that the power levels of our technology around us is a bit is higher than it should be, or at least it should be reviewed to be determined if it's higher or not what or than it should be.
0: Yeah, good. I'm glad some people are really fighting yeah. for this.
1: Yeah, actually, Kennedy, John Kennedy, um, mm-hmm. who we do business with. Um, he took this up and he brought it to Appeals Court, and the judge, one of the judges said something like uh, to the FCC, um, convince me that um, I shouldn't uh, rule against you because so far what I've heard, I'm ruling against you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll be, we'll be.
0: I'm curious, Dan, if you had to say like a handful of things someone could do right now to drastically improve their quality of life and protect their body, what would those suggestions be?
1: Um, time, uh, distance, and shielding. Uh, very simple things. Time. Um, you know, I mentioned that 30 some years ago, I had a cell phone. And I had no one to call, so when I got on the phone, I'd only be on it for a couple of minutes and then hang up. Short periods of time is less, less impact to the cell. So if you're on the phone for um, a a couple of minutes, uh, five, ten minutes, I wouldn't worry about it. There is likely no statistical significance in that kind of exposure with long-term problems that you may have. So time is a, 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 a monitoring time with these technologies around us is one of the important things to sort of There's The second is distance. And we've spoke about this. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you move stuff completely away by four foot or more, the dangers are gone. So um, you really wanna think about when you have technology around you, where you put it. Like when I come in at night, uh, to my home, I put my op- uh, my phone that's on uh, on a little pedestal there uh, at the door, which is not near my living quarters at all. And so that distance is my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, distance is your friend with all these things. Simple distance. You may want to think about it as like um, bees in the room. One uh, bee. Um, um, can sting you and you probably won't die unless you're allergic. If you have a thousand bees in the room, then you run the risk of dying if you're stung. So the idea is reduce the number of bees in the room. So uh, if, if pushing it away um, makes it safe enough for you and you think you're comfortable, that's fine. But if you have a cell phone that has three transmitters, transmitted to the cell tower, the Wi-Fi and the Bluetooth. uh, Do you really need all three? And the answer is, of course, no, I don't have Wi-Fi. I use my cell phone with nor do I have uh, Bluetooth that I use. Hmm. So I turn those transmitters off simply by reducing those number of transmitters in my environment. I'm actually reducing the exposures and the cumulative effect of all those transmitters. So, reduce the number of bees in the room is a good general practice. And, go ahead.
0: <laughs> I was just gonna say, I literally just turned off my Bluetooth transmitter <laughs>
1: and my Wi-Fi, so <laughs> you, I'm listening. You don't even realize it, right? You don't even no. realize these things are around <laughs> you, but, but they are. Um, and it's simply by like thinking about it a little bit, um, you become more safe. I have a laptop that hasn't been on my lap ever.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I have a monitor that is the screen I use that's several feet away from me. And I feed um, a a HDMI link to, to that monitor. And so I'm not very, very close to the transmitting powers. In addition to that, I have an ethernet. I've taken my laptop and I've connected it directly to an Ethernet connection, it's wired and I'm not using Wi-Fi. And so there's ways of taking technology, modifying the way they operate, that better is for your environment and you personally. And that's what I've done with my laptop. Mm -hmm. So bees in the room, reduce bees in the room, turn them off if you can, if you can't. Make sure they're far enough away. Um, And that's those simple coaching suggestions takes probably 99% of any danger you have in your home. And your home is what you control. Mm -hmm. Only worry about what you control, not what you don't. Um, And by and large, you're probably pretty safe. And finally, um, if you want to use a cell phone, and you want to use it to your head, um, uh, there are ways of using the cell phone. As you suggested, speakerphone, um, uh, mo- moving the cell phone in your hand away from your body is a way of reducing exposures. Another way of doing that is keeping it in your hand and use a, 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 a pair of wired speakers, uh, wired earbuds to your to your head and uh, that reduces the exposures to that signal by by a bunch 80 mm-hmm. percent um, of the danger is gone by that point and if you're really fastidious about this kind of stuff there are technologies on the marketplace where you can actually take that earbuds and rather than going electronically into the earbud they go acoustically into the earbuds in other words they take a electrical signal converted uh, by using a tiny, tiny little speaker and they put it into a tube. And so it's literally wave patterns um, of, of, um, of uh, voice uh, that you, you literally are hearing in your ear, but there's no electronics that's driving it close to your body,
0: hmm. but
1: close to your head. So there are things you can do to, to minimize exposures. If you want to use it to your head still, there are some uh, technologies out there that provide shielding that prevents the RF signal from uh, penetrating your head, but yet still allows you to meet uh, the the transmitting towers close to you for that cell connection.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, that's the perfect segue because I was just going to ask you about Defender Shield, the company you and your son created. Um, because a lot of your products are like that they're uh, they're trying to allow us to leave or to lead a normal life but still be protected
1: yeah I, actually and you know why I mean it was really literally uh, my sons wanted to use their laptops yeah. and I was convinced that there was some genuine evidence that there could be um, impacts to uh, to the body, um, and and by the way, uh, I I still don't have grandchildren. <laughs> uh Oh, <laughs> so it may work, but it didn't. Have, it wasn't effective. <laughs> uh, um, and so um, we do. My my son and I uh, were sort of on a uh, on a path where we wanted to let people understand what the problems were, so they can make their own choices. And if, uh, one of them was. They still want to use a cell phone against their head for whatever reasons. Uh, We would have products that provide the shielding to do that.
0: That's amazing. And you were nice enough to do a discount. You did code cyclical. So if anyone wants to order phone cases, you have headphones, you have laptop shields. You even have like clothing and fanny packs and little purse kind of things, which are super cute
1: yeah and and i we you know what bothered me we talked about this a little bit where pregnant women Mm -hmm. um, and the exposures uh, we had we created pregnancy blankets um, and created a a band pregnancy bands that protect the woman
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, so um, those things are just precautionary things you may want to do without um, you know going to top of a mountain somewhere that no one knows where you want it. <laughs> well,
0: We can still dream, okay?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it has been such an honor, Dan, to have you on this podcast. Is there anything else that you feel like you didn't get a chance to share yet that you think is really important for people to know?
1: Well, I, I haven't, um, but I've hinted um, along the way uh, today. And it's it, you, you're you the architect of your own destiny. Um, the fact is you control your own environment you really shouldn't wait for others to do it for you and you should be understanding your environment the way you want based on the information you gather um, if you are expecting a government or, or an institution of any sort to sort of make sure you're safe um, you know you'll be waiting a long time <laughs> um, if you're if you're able to um, understand kind of the sources of your environment, I- including like for example, um, you know volatile organic compounds we talked about a minute ago a little while ago, uh, you wouldn't keep a, a gas can open in the middle of your living room. You wouldn't do it. You'd put a cap on it. Well, that's exactly what we're talking about here. If you're not using a Bluetooth transmitter or on your cell phone, turn it off. Um, it's not complicated, and and you're the only one that controls that environment. No one else does. So mm-hmm. you're the architect of your own destiny.
0: It's a perfect way to close it off for all of us to do what we can to take responsibility for our own health. So, yep. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dan, for being here and for everyone listening. If you want to learn more about Dan's company, De- Defender Shield, or purchase his book, Radiation Nation, all of that will be linked in the show notes or you can go to DefenderShield.com. And if you love this episode, you can tag both of us on Instagram and we can't wait to hear your feedback. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me, Kretel. I really enjoyed it.